Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome into the second show of the year of the Golf to Go Radio Hour. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hey, he's Scott Marsh right over there. Scott, how are you today? Doing fantastic. Glad to be here, Frank. You know, uh, we've got uh, a really packed show again. Uh, we've got uh, Len Dumas from the Northern California PGA. We've got Adam Johnson from uh, from uh, Golf Fitness Solutions and Dylan Flynn from uh, Bartley Cavanaugh Golf Course. And that's pretty much all the time I have to talk about who's on the show. So uh, let's uh, run a couple of messages here and come back and, and let people hear from them and not us. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, Len Dumas, the uh, Executive Director and COO of the Northern California PGA, joins us right now. Hello, Len. How are you? Frank, good morning. Good morning. Once again, great to be with you. We've got a little break in the in the rain. It's not raining here uh, at the moment. We're grateful for the water. Uh, Scott, good to see you. Glad good to, to see you, Len. And- Glad yeah. to make it safely in L.A. I hear you had quite an adventure getting down there. Yeah, we're all safe and sound, and that's all that matters. And it's great to be with you here. And, and Len, just before we got into anything else, you're so close to the Green Valley Country Club with all the courses taking so much rain. I've seen Mark Sherman post so much stuff about, uh, I know, on a few of the holes now, the little creeks that run, you know, uh, parallel to the T are going to be a little bit more challenging for people once everything settles. Yeah, no question. And as I called a couple of our chapter presidents yesterday as well, Scott, to find out how they were doing, you know, no surprise, many trees are down and the uh, sewer systems and such were pretty much overwhelmed in a number of cases. So so everything is recovering. And uh, let's hope we can capture some of that as the state to help get us through the summer. And the snowpack is is obviously, uh, I've read some reports, 175%. Uh, over normal. So, you know, there's always a, uh, there's always some sunshine and you know, literally in the silver lining in these events, but we'll take them one day at a time because we're not done. I know that for a fact that I know next time I come out there, you know, for me trying to cross with my driver on two and 14, it was almost impossible before. And now it seems like a, a certainly not even a, a give it a thought. Right. Well, we play the game for the challenge. Scott, uh, the, the the other part of it is, <laughs> it seems as though we wanted to find the challenge, not let nature or the other conditions define the challenge for us. Understood. <laughs> Obviously, there's been a a, a lot of uh, property damage and and people displaced from their homes and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so, I suppose in in the in the scope of uh, of uh, importance, the the fact that the golf courses are taking on a lot of rain you know, probably doesn't uh, fit as well with those. But in terms of uh, a, a business in, in California, uh, it, it's it's really had a brutal effect on on the business of golf as well. Does it not, Len? It does, Frank, of course, with facilities not being able to open uh, in, in many cases, in most cases, or if the golf course is open or parts of the golf course is open, it may be that the practice area is closed down, you know, depending where the the water has accumulated. And to your point, two weeks ago, we saw those videos on the news right right here at Cameron Park, you know, in some areas being flooded in Cameron Park. And to your point, you know, we uh, we wish everyone well and um, and we'll get through this. But right, there, there's no 
we don't live in a box by any means. And when something like this happens, it's a, it's a state event, it's a national event, so on and so forth. So we, we need the rain. We want the water. We are, as we just discussed, right, totally out of control of how it's delivered. And then we'll clean up and, and get past this. You, uh, the Northern California PGA just completed its, um, its yearly uh, player teacher coaching forum. Um, a, another successful year. Tell me why the the uh, the section does this for the local professionals, and and what do they gain out of it, and and ultimately, I guess, what do we as um, as players that are looking, you know, for lessons and and uh, new information, how how does that how does that whole trail work? You know, the, the, the so many interesting pieces of it, Frank. Thanks for bringing that up. This it's been over twenty years now that we've been hosting this and this is our season kickoff another way to to title it would be teachers teaching teachers and so um we have some of the best teachers in the country many are homegrown right here bringing in so many topics to make our teachers and instructors better and for instance i'll give you an example of the diversity of the topics this year uh, certainly certainly we dealt directly with a couple of golf topics. Todd Soans uh, talked about his short game and spent an hour just on putting. We had Dr. Matt Park, the art and science of coaching, mental aspect of the game. Steve Tanner talking about player development. Steve is with the PJ of America, talking about the programs that the PJ of America has available, kind of a cradle to grave uh, type situation. Will Robbins, the business aspect uh, of golf. Uh, Greg Johnson. Greg is a great friend of the section. Fit Golf is a great friend of the Northern California PGA and Greg's in Sacramento. Many know him teaching us about our bodies. And sometimes it's not, a, it's sometimes maybe that short game or that long game or this game or that part of the game isn't working, not because of lack of skill for the player, but because their body's not ready to respond to that and exercises that are specifically uh, pointed to that. And then we ended the day with Jamie Mulligan, and Jamie is the current PGA of America uh, a Teacher of the Year. And Jamie is uh, his his uh, the the players he's working with, Patrick Cantlay and Nellie Corder, are certainly two of the most popular of uh, both champions and and so many other tour players that he's working with. And what's it like talking with them? What's it like working with them? And what was interesting about that? Rank is very little of it was on instruction. It was about staying healthy. It was about mm. staying mentally healthy. It was about staying physically healthy. It's about how they prepare, how they walk around the golf course, how you can spot how somebody feels about their game through their body language and so on. And I bring that out just to show the diversity, the diversity of the topics. We we used to say we give golf lessons and such, but right now we're really uh, training athletes. I think that's that's really a, a remarkable. Uh, way to describe it and 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 an indication of of how things are shifting in the whole world of coaching and lessons uh, um, instructors uh, coaches can become more of a friend really and 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 help us kind of deal with daily pressure even right right very much so frank and then we 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 kept out a very special section as well um, to talk about adaptive training and this was uh, Bob Epperly, you know, Bob's with us uh, in the section office. And we brought in Gene Bacham, Alex Cooper, Kevin Patton, who's a veteran himself, to go through our PJ Hope program. 
from the sense of here's how to work with um, with uh, players, be they veterans and such that have physical challenges, mental challenges, non-sighted. And so, so that was an incredible, incredible uh, session. And again, more more to ever all of us to learn when that situation arises. Certainly we're our focus is our PJ Hope program and and such. But again, the diversity of the topics is just incredible. It makes us all better along the way. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, uh, Len, because we're going to have Adam Johnson on from Golf Fitness Solutions, and we're talking exactly about that mobility issues and just, you know, all the other things that go along with the game of golf. It, it, golf is is really comprehensive, and for so many people, it's just, it's a lifestyle, but it's a part of a way to to make their life better as well. It is, it is, Scott. And, you know, to that point, why do we do this? Well, we've seen in the news many athletes, even at the Olympic level, uh, withdrawing from competition, uh, not feeling their best physically, not feeling their best mentally, you know, what's going on. And so it, it that's the exciting part of it. This has become such a, as we said, developing athletes as opposed to giving golf lessons. It becomes such an important relationship between the instructors and the players and their teams and their support systems uh, and how we can make it, uh, everyone better. So just incredible, incredible stuff. The magic of it, too, is that we're able to, through our association, the PJ of America and the relationships that we've developed, you know, call on award winners, call on local award winners, call on national award winners, and they couldn't be happier to help. And as I look at this roster, Todd Soans, Bob Epperly, Will Robbins, uh, Jamie Mulligan, all very decorated in the PJ of America, Greg Johnson, very decorated in the fitness world and instructor in that world. And, and they, they don't want to do anything but help. They don't want to do anything but participate and, and share their knowledge and experience with everybody. You met, you mentioned PGA hope and, and certainly that's the primary fundraiser of the Northern California PGA foundation and uh, brings up a point that uh, an event called the salute, which uh, happens just before the, United States Women's Open at the Pebble Beach Golf Links that uh, the PGA uh, Nor Northern California PGA Foundation is involved with. That's that's an exciting um, project coming up. Tell us how we're doing on that and and how ultimately we can get involved. You know, we're very very excited about that, Frank. And that is the salute at Pebble Beach. As you mentioned, that's the official title, June thirtieth, drew uh, through July fourth. And we are coordinated with the U.S. Women's Open. So this is an incredible event for our foundation, raising funds for our PJ Hope as we expand our programs and expand the number of veterans we can reach. Uh, the menu on a very high level is we're going to play Pebble Beach. We're going to play Spyglass Hill. We're going to play the Lynx at Spanish Bay. Just incredible. Five days and four nights with receptions and a gala Sunday evening. And uh, we hope to celebrate 4th of July there uh, as well with the ability to mingle with some of the tour players. Uh, certainly we've reached out to them and some other celebrities. So just an incredible, incredible uh, three rounds of golf, four days of celebrating our veterans, celebrating our country's uh, birthday, uh, all celebrating women uh, in golf and the growth of the game. And uh, all, all through golf that we're doing this and we're doing it at Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill and uh, the Inn at Spanish Bay, just tremendous. And you ask how we can get involved. We do have our website. Please visit that 
one word, the salute at Pebble Beach, the salute at pebblebeach.com. Uh, and uh, please take a look. Uh, if you can join us, you can express some interest through the website and we'll pick it up on our end. But we're really looking forward to that, Frank, because it's uh, it came up through Pebble Beach to tie it with the U.S. Women's Open. It really is just the, the growth of our foundation and the great work that's being done in outreaching to our veterans. I saw Scott's uh, eyes uh, open real wide when you mentioned those three golf courses. That that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun, huh, Scott? I can't wait. That's going to be an amazing, amazing event for sure. I'm going online right now, checking it okay. out. <laughs> so, Len, uh, as, as we as we draw to the close of uh, you know, never enough time to to talk to the people we want to talk to. It's 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 a new year, and. Um, uh, new year brings new goals. Uh, sometimes the goals are to just continue what you're doing because it's going so well. Any any uh, personal goals or uh, or goals for the Northern California PGA as we look to 2023? As we as we have defined, Frank, this new normal uh, certainly our personal goals, but they tie into the professional goals. Is somehow make our sections smaller. And when I say that, you know, we go from uh, the Oregon border order all the way down to Visalia out to the ocean and then up to the Sierra with our Sierra Nevada chapter. So we've got tremendous mileage. How do we bring everybody closer? We are divided into six chapters. Each each chapter has a president. So the communication, taking the programs and you know, maintaining the expansion of our programs, PGA junior league, uh, drive, chip and putt, the national high school, Association. We now have the Collegiate Association. We have the City Tour, kind of a cradle to grave type thing. We have Family Cup. And how do we keep the communication going, move ourselves around as the staff to make somehow make that section smaller and make sure that the folks up in Humboldt County uh, are getting the information, getting the service, have the tools to run the programs just the way they do way down uh, in Visalia. And to that extent, we're expanding our section events. We're expanding our foundation footprint. So that's certainly, you know, personal goal, but that integrates with everything that we're doing and keeping, keep the game involving to keep the momentum going that we've gained uh, through the pandemic. The families are back involved again. Uh, There are more, more juniors involved again. We're, as I mentioned, the high school association and the collegiate association, we're going, uh, providing, a platform for those players that maybe they want to play competitively to competitively, but it's not working out that well, or maybe they have played very competitively in high school and or college and don't necessarily wish to continue, but wish to continue playing golf. So we've got that wraparound programming, uh, rolling that out, learning how to do that, learning how to get it to everybody and just be as as accessible uh, as we can. And it all comes back to our local PGA professionals and the 400 plus facilities that we have in the Northern California uh, PGA. Those are the boots on the ground. Those are the folks uh, that have been attending our session on Monday, our player teacher forum that are skilled in so many things now, and the resources that are available, reaching out to a fitness coach, reaching out to a mental coach. Uh, It's all here. And uh, our goal is to make sure everybody's aware of it and has an opportunity to grab onto a piece of it. And Len, I have to think for you personally as well, you want to be Frank in a lot of golf in 2023. Yeah, there's no question, Scott. Uh, Scott, I do I do that every year and I keep, you know, come February or March, I tear the page off and throw it away again. You know, I said, okay. 
Yeah, well, um, we all need uh, goals, I guess. You know, yeah, it's, right. Nick, yeah. Better to it's be like lucky baseball. than good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no question, Frank. It's like that baseball team, you know, by the end of April, they're already looking at next year's calendar, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Len Dumas, the executive director and COO of the Northern California PGA. It's always fun to have you on the show. Happy New Year, Len. We wish you all the best and look forward to having you back as the year goes by. Yeah, Scott, Frank, thank you. You guys are so generous in allowing us a, a platform. So both of you be safe. Scott, get home safely from L.A. Uh, and we'll catch up soon. Will do, Len. Thank you so much. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa. Scott Marsh is beside me. And uh, boy, Scott, we're still uh, early in the year. It's, it's um, you know, in some ways uh, kind of refreshing to turn the page and, and get on a new year. And in other ways, it's, you know, kind of hard to, to change that two to a three in, the, in, you know, in all of the things you're writing. Well, considering all the weather we've had, it doesn't really feel like much has changed right now. <laughs> it has been it has been a little crazy. Northern California has certainly gotten its share, and um, and um, you know, I, I think there's there's more ahead of us. But uh, I, I'm not quite sure I understand how we can still be in a drought with all of this. But I'm sure people that are much smarter than me recognize what that's all about. That's for the podcast after the show. We want to welcome in uh, Mr. Adam Johnson. Adam is owner of the uh, Golf Fitness Solutions uh, Company out in the uh, north area of Sacramento. And Adam has been a friend of the show and certainly a friend of First Tee over the years. And um, Adam, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. You know, it's uh, it's it's early in the year. We we kind of discussed on on last week's show the um, the notion of of New Year's resolutions, and and I almost feel like there's a kind of an age cutoff as as to as to whether people are making new year's resolutions where older people it's it's been a habit for many years and you know and maybe uh, younger folks kind of think um, i don't need to make a resolution i've got this on my own where do you stand on that uh i think it really depends on the person uh, i'm not a very good resolution guy i'm pretty good at breaking by february um but you know everybody responds a little bit different to these and i think that's why it's really important when you think about setting something like that you got to think of it more as a goal and less of a resolution um you know if it works for you great i'm not going to tell you not to do it but uh, i find that goals are a little bit more important than resolutions because they give you something to actually strive for that you can actually measure as opposed to just being upset with yourself when you fail the first time you try to do it well, certainly one of uh, one of the most popular year after year after year is I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get healthier. And, um, you know, and, and certainly that's why uh, you're here to kind of talk about uh, about that and kind of walk us through that. Um, every everybody, you know, especially golfers, I think, um, you know, decide during the winter time when they're not playing as much that, uh, you know, there's got to be something they can do uh, to uh, to stay fit, to maybe even increase their fitness and um you know we kind of go back and forth between well i'll just look online and maybe find a couple of exercises and and you know stay a little bit loose and that goes all the way along the line to i'm going to enroll myself in a uh, in a fitness program get myself a trainer and and actually this is the year i'm, I'm going to get better um so for someone that you know really has no idea where they want to be on that line but but has an idea that well, the wintertime, especially now when I can't play a whole lot of golf, what uh, what, what can I do to, to kind of help myself along for next year when the sun starts shining again? It's a very loaded question. Um, 
It depends on what you want, right? You know, you can go anything from having this really just diehard fitness program that you can copy off of somebody like John Rom to doing a couple of mobility exercises in the morning to making a change in your diet to drinking more water. Uh, I, I think it's really important for individuals and kind of going back to the whole resolution thing to really decide, you know, what kind of golfer do you want to be and what's important to you when you're playing golf? Do you like the camaraderie of it? Do you like going out and playing really well? Do you like taking money from your friends and figuring out those kinds of things, what kind of drives you? And then you can kind of get a better idea of what you want to do as far as your fitness goes. Um, you know, I, I've got people that see me twice a week and they work out for 30 to 45 minutes and, you know, that's all they do. Then you've got guys like me who work out two hours a day and we have different drives. It's what I enjoy doing. It makes me feel good and it helps out my golf game considerably. Well, let's, let's, let's take a few of those, um, a few of those points along the line. Let's start with, um, you know, the, um, the, the, the 20 to 25 handicapper that plays on the weekends and, sure. you know, has, uh, has his, his regular group or her regular group and, and just enjoys the game. Um, and there's no reason that they feel that uh, any kind of uh, fitness program is going to improve their enjoyment of the game because it's it's just about fun and laughs. So uh, what can they do uh, during these uh, winter months to you know, to not hurt themselves when they get on the tee when the sun's shining. <laughs> you jumped in front of me. I was going to say the exact same. Those seem to be the guys that are always playing through some type of injury. And they're like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But you can see them wince every time they go out and play or it's just, you know, it's not doing what they want it to do. Um, personally, I, I think when you think about golf fitness or even just any type of fitness, I think we have a tendency to jump way too far into it uh, rather than just kind of getting the basics down. Um, for somebody in that range, I think the best thing they can do is just start working on their mobility a little bit and, you know, getting up every morning, doing some basic stretching, doing some basic mobility work and some corrective exercise and really just getting themselves moving better. Um, what I see in here all the time is people thinking that they need to get significantly stronger to play better golf. Most people are plenty strong to be able to play the golf that they want. They can't move the way that they want to. And then they get frustrated with themselves because they can't do what they want to do out there, especially the athletes, the ones that used to be really good at it, that have gotten a little bit older now and aren't able to perform that way. Um, so, you know, it kind of goes all over the place. But, yeah, I mean, you look at that 20 to 25 or even 10 to 25, honestly, you're looking at guys who just need to get up in the morning and move. Um, it's amazing how sedentary we are. We sit down all the time. We drive all the time. We fly all the time. It takes its toll over our time. And there's a lot of things that we need to do to correct that so that we can actually go out and perform the way we want to, or we don't. And we just get frustrated. And I see a lot of people get really frustrated with the game because they're not able to do the things that they have expectations of being able to do. I'm glad you went there. I, I think that's a great answer because for many people, it may not even be that uh, that they don't want to, uh, you know, get more mobile to get um, uh, stronger. Probably isn't the right word, as you said, but you know, maybe maybe be able to uh, move uh, more more fluently, more more easily. Um, but it 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 comes down to, well, I don't want to be the last guy into that training facility. You know, the one that everybody's pointing their fingers at because. Um, because I don't do the exercises right and so on and so forth. How, how, do, how does somebody ease into that kind of a program? 
That's exactly right. So, you know, we put a lot of different stuff up for uh, people to view, and there's a lot of different stuff you can find on YouTube, Facebook, all kinds of different places to get kind of a general idea of what you should be doing. Uh, my personal preference is finding a trainer that can assess you. One of the things that we do with every client is making sure that we take them through the Titleist Performance Institute's uh, screen. Um, it's basically a 16-point mobility screen where we determine what's going on with them and how that can, or how that can affect their golf swing. Um, I'm sure both of you guys have played golf with somebody who throughout an entire round has gone, God, keep your head down, you idiot. <laughs> Stop me if I'm wrong. It, it's not somebody being an idiot. Those are actual physical limitations that people run out to, or run into inside of their golf swing. It's not something they can think themselves around. They can maybe get away with it once every 10, 15 swings. But the reality of it is there's something going on, usually in their shoulder, or usually in their hips. Those are the two main places that we look. Uh, that's causing a lot of different swing characteristics that cause issues for people like that. So, you know, when we go through that screen, I'm able to identify and make a really, really pointed workout for them. Unfortunately, what I hear a lot of the times is for golf fitness, what you need to do is go pick up a medicine ball and turn side to side a bunch of different times. Um, <laughs> and it's not to say that that doesn't help a little bit, but the reality of it is golf fitness doesn't look like a golf swing most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, because I, I think there's uh again, the tendency to to think that if, if we're not, you know, if we're not at the end of the spectrum right away, I think those assessments are really miraculous in many ways because some of the things um, from within ourselves that we think we're doing, an assessment right away says, you know, you've turned about uh, a quarter of what you're capable of doing. And, and, and part of that is our body saying to us, gee, if you turn a little bit more, it's going to hurt. So, you know, we've conditioned ourselves to, you know, this is this is the turn we're making. And and basically, as you say, it's not really a matter of strength to be able to turn a little more. But the but the difference in in the distance we're going to hit the driver, for instance, just turning a little bit more is is really incredible. Yeah, it's funny, the things that you can work on, you know, you think rotation, there's really four elements of a golf swing that create our power. We've got our vertical thrust, which is basically pushing up from the ground. We've got our rotational power. We've got our chop power, which will be kind of pulling down or the beginning of the downswing. And then believe it or not, you've actually got grip strength as the fourth piece of power that we get. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do that are quick fixes that allow for people to just play a little bit better golf. My personal preference with any of my clients is to make sure that we're thinking pain-free before we think about trying to add any distance or anything like that. Um, if you're playing with pain at all, the reality of it is you're not going to be playing 100%. Pros pay through pain because they're being paid to play through pain. We don't necessarily need to, and oftentimes it becomes a much larger problem that could have been staved off had we just taken a week or two or three weeks off of the golf course instead of trying to force our way through something and making it much worse. Now, that being said, anything you do fitness-wise is probably going to help out with that as long as you're doing stuff that's within your scope, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. A lot of people try to go way past what they're capable of doing physically when they first jump into a gym. And I, going back to our resolutions thing at the beginning, I think that's why a lot of resolutions fail as opposed to goals because they go in, they go crazy for three weeks, and then their body absolutely hates them. They get tired, and they don't want to go back anymore. Yeah, Scott's kind of the uh, poster boy in the Golf to Go uh, radio uh, <laughs> lineup here because he's out, he's out running every morning, and I know he's doing a lot of stretching and things. And he he takes his time warming up at the range. And uh, where do where do you uh, you know where do you line up on this on this continuum line here, Scott? 
That's a good question. I mean, I, I definitely like the run and I feel like my fitness helps my, my golf game, but to the point of golf fitness versus fitness, what I'd be interested, um, Adam and hearing from you, how, how, how much is the parallel between golf fitness and, and actual fitness for somebody who's really trying to maybe do both? They're perfectly hand in hand, right? Um, we want to be physically healthy. We want to have endurance. We want to be pain-free. We want to be mobile and limber, right? Uh, when I think about golf fitness, though, the things that we're going to take a look at is, you know, can I stabilize my right hip? Can I internally rotate into my hip so that I can finish my backswing? Can I rotate my spine? Can I rotate around my spine or do I have to tilt my spine? Now, I'm starting to use all kinds of personal trainer lingo, but sure. the reality is... Yeah you train differently for different sports. You're not going to train a boxer the same way you're going to train a golfer, right? Yeah. Um, you're not even going to train a baseball player when you're, the way you're going to train a golfer, although baseball players oftentimes make good golfers. Um, one of my favorite examples of this, if you watch The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, his trainer talks about when he transitioned from basketball to baseball and then back to ba uh, basketball and the type of training that they had to train or change up for him so that he could get back into basketball shape from having played baseball. And it's just a perfect example. You're going to use certain muscles differently. You're going to have more wear and tear in certain areas than you would in other places. So although somebody can be perfectly physically fit, they could be completely immobile and have all kinds of issues that show up inside of a golf swing. It's a lot to take in there, Frank. But uh, <laughs> certainly all good. It's all good stuff. Um, Adam, well, hey, you, we, we both know that uh, that Adam has invited us out to uh, to his facility so he can assess us. But neither one of us are, uh, wow. you know, confident enough in our. Uh, we have to we have to get uh, a, a little stronger along before we're ready. Yeah, to I'm way too them. afraid of those results. But no, I do. I am going to come out there, Adam, because I'm very interested in doing it. And uh, Adam, you were telling us earlier. I, I think it's a great personal story. But just tell us how you got involved in this, because I think it's really interesting for people to understand. Uh, so I was actually a banker in my 20s. I was a bank manager for Wells Fargo, and uh, I actually had a drinking problem. So around 29, I got sober, and I started working out for the first time ever. I'd wanted to do it for a long time, but it was, you know, new, healthy me. And uh, I started working out and had a friend who looked at me one day, and he goes, you know, you should get into personal training. And I said, okay, that seems like a good idea. So I went and did some research, and I figured out how to get into personal training, and I uh, went and got a personal training certification from the National Association of Personal Trainers um, and started training out of a friend's gym. And then I got uh, a friend that happened to be next door who introduced me to the Titles Performance Institute. And up to that point, I actually didn't know what golf fitness was. I was actually that trainer that was like, yeah, we should turn side to side. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he got me introduced to it. And I flew down to Long Beach in 2014 and took my first uh, TPI level one class, uh, which is where we learn how to assess. Um, all you get from level one is learning how to assess what the body's doing. You get no corrective from it. You don't get to learn what you should do with any of it. You just get to assess. Um, and then I took my level two con or, um, fitness and I got that in, I think, 2017. And that's where you start to learn how to apply the assessment to physical exercise and uh, most recently, I got my level three fitness last year, uh, which then basically puts me at the level where I could work with PGA guys. Um, and I've also since then gotten my level two and level three golf certification. 
uh, not so that I can teach golf, just because I wanted to get a better understanding of how what we do relates to the golf swing itself. Um, I'm that guy. I'm a plus one handicap, and you could ask me about quick or equipment, and I'm going to look at you and go, yeah, sure, that sounds good. <laughs> but the point, you're a plus one handicap, so it's uh, it's obviously working for you. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> uh, there's so no Adam, question. If, if someone wanted to call you and uh, and uh, just kind of uh, inch their way into this, I'm sure you're happy to talk to people or 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 email or, or whatever it is and 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 find uh, help them find a comfort level. Yeah, absolutely. We want to help out. Um, one of the main things is just helping people feel better. I'm very fortunate that I get to come to work every day and hang out with my friends and talk about golf while I beat them up. Tell <laughs> <laughs> us how to get a hold of you. Could- we couldn't uh, we couldn't uh, stop the interview without you mentioning First Tee and all the good work you do there. <laughs> yeah, it's for the kids. <laughs> the new year, we're going to start raising money for them. I expect both of you to be at my poker tournament again this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Give us, so, yeah, give us, uh, give us some contact information, Adam. Uh, so if you wanted to get in touch with us, you can go to golffitnesssolutions.com um, and hit our contact us page and we'll get back in touch with you. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. You can get our email and our phone number off of there. We're going to be putting a uh, small mobility workup up, or workout up there uh, sometime this week uh, once my marketing people can get it taken care of for me. And uh, that'll be free to everybody to just go on and get started. Beyond that, if you want to come in for assessment, we can also get you set up with an appointment for that. And you know, we're happy to help out. Excellent. Adam Johnson, uh, owner of Golf Fitness Solutions. Uh, great time. Uh, no New Year's resolutions, New Year's goals. That's what he says. So uh, let's keep that in mind. And uh, we will uh, expect to hear from you about uh, the first tee fundraisers as the year goes on. Thanks, Frank. Thanks much. Golf Thanks. to Go Radio Hour continues right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Golf to Go Radio Hour is back with uh, Dylan Flynn. Dylan is the general manager at Barclays Cavanaugh Golf Course. And uh, Dylan, I, I guess you, like uh, like most general managers up and down the state, are are feeling the, the pressure of an awful lot of rain. I'm guessing the only good thing is you haven't had to turn the sprinklers on, right? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, we haven't had to do that at all. It's been really good. You know, um, I try to find a little levity in the situation. Obviously there's a, there's a lot of water and um, in many cases it's, it's, it's created some issues for people in their homes and so on and so forth. And, and, and our hearts go out to them. Um, But the business of golf, like other businesses continues and, and um, all the businesses have to figure out a way to deal with, uh, with, with the water that, um, that we're, that we're, that we're getting every day here. Um, I was out at Bartley Cavanaugh uh, last Saturday and um, played between the rain, I guess. I mean, we we teed off. It was dry. We we finished and I got in the parking lot and took my shoes off and got sprinkled on. So, um, you know, it was it was a it was a great four hours. And and one of the things that really impressed me after all the rain that uh, that we've had is is how seemingly unaffected your course was. I mean, I, I didn't see. Um, I don't think I saw any standing water in the fairways. Um, I was, I was really impressed with, with the greens and the way they rolled. Um, and, and, and also there was a couple of spots where there were, you know, maybe small lakes that weren't supposed to be there, but, but they, they were, you know, were, they were where a hazard is supposed to be. So in many cases, I felt 
well, this is just kind of a challenge of the course. You know, here's a here's a nice new little lake that that we kind of play around. So uh, the bottom line is, I was I was really impressed with the condition. And and while it may seem an obvious question, what is it about some golf courses that that handle the water better than others, and and why is it that Bartley Cavanaugh is, seems to be doing so well? Well, part of uh, uh, you know part of that is uh, the initial uh, course design. Um, when it was built, you know, it was, uh, there were, you know, Bartley Kavanaugh being built in 1995, had some new, uh, newer practices uh, in course design and that, that kind of stuff from the uh, older ways of building golf courses. And so um, some of that design feature that the die designs put together has really, um, you know, uh, helped with the drainage throughout the whole golf course. And when I, you know, part of that too is the water collection, as you said, right? So, um, uh, you know, some of the water we have out here that shows up is new winter conditions when we have a lot of water. But I think some of those areas that were put on this golf course were intended so that when the, the when we did get an, an enormous, not an enormous, but some wa extra water than normal, so to speak, it had areas to flow to that would naturally collect. Um, the area you were speaking of, Frank, there's in between 7 and 16. We got a nice, big, huge willow tree right there that's kind of depressed down below, but it's actually a collection basin for all the drains and that kind of stuff that builds. So that water builds in that area so it doesn't sit in the fairways and on the greens and that kind of stuff. So, And then we're able to kind of transfer it into our retention lakes from there, um, you know, as we get some uh, in some areas that one particular we got to put a pump there to uh to pump it into another drain to get it to where it needs to go but uh i think those areas um were intended by dye so we could take some of this weather and be able to drain really well yeah it was it, it i it was more than i expected or or less than i expected i guess in terms of uh of uh you know ways to uh, affect my golf game i Certainly, it was cart path only, but um, uh, and and that's just to keep from scarring up the fairways, I'm guessing. But um, it, it, all in all, just just really impressive. And and my hats off to uh, not only to to Perry Dye and the design, but certainly to your to your superintendent uh, Muhammad Ali. I mean, that, first of all, the guy's got the greatest name in the world, but but the job he yes, does, he does. Uh, yeah. is is really nothing short of miraculous, I guess. Yeah, you know, he's uh he came over here in 2000 um I'm trying to think it was 2020 in September of 2020. He was at Bing and we asked him to take over Bartley as well. So he's he does both of those golf courses and uh just his practices that he uh works through with how he uh you know amends uh puts the amendments and stuff on the greens and how he uh you know our airification practices. I mean, you know, golf operators hate to talk about airification because it, you know, affects the golf course in, in such a way as far as revenues go. But it's really an important aspect of continuing with your so soil profiles and keeping um, those areas to be able to drain and have the exchange of gases that create root growth and and and, and keep your greens really healthy. And throughout the golf course, um, one practice Ali's been able to do um, the last couple of years is he's been able to solid time the fairways. And so um, just like you would think in an airification, uh, 
we take a little three quarter inch solid tine, we put it on a tractor, we run it up and down the fairways. And all we're doing is just punching the grass down in the fairways. But what, what that allows for is again, that exchange of gas and all of those things and things to get inside that area that helps promote um, the, uh, the drainage and get, we get some more uh, sand and it just helps the whole profile um, work really well with, when it's taking on water. You know, as golfers, and Scott and I have talked about this before, I, I, we need to appreciate more the effort that goes into uh, not only the design, but certainly the maintenance of these golf courses. When, when we're standing on the first tee and uh, if the fairway's brown, you know, we're, we think we're in for a miserable day. And uh, as golfers, I suppose we tend to be a bit spoiled. But when, when you talk about uh, the gases and, and, and um, you know, the... Uh, uh, the exchange of uh, of nutrients and so I mean you you almost have to be a scientist now to to maintain a golf course. Uh, it, it's it's not just watering and mowing the lawns anymore. It it's it's really um, a pretty uh, unique experience. Yeah, Muhammad would have a, a much better uh, explanation of all that, of course. But yeah, he does. Um, it's quite a bit. You know, he'll even, he goes as far as taking samples of his greens and he sends it off. So we get, uh, he gets the ability to have another person looking at, you know, the profile and how it is. And then we get recommendations from, um, you know, I, I believe he uses a gentleman out of uh, Michigan state. Sometimes guys, you know, guys that are really well known in the business um, uh, to just to have him, And he does it just to get information, um, you know, so he understands uh, another, he knows what he's seen, but, getting another couple of eyes to see it as well, helps him build his programs. Scott, I know uh, you've had a chance to play Bartley and um, have been impressed with the way it drains as well. Uh, chime in here. Yeah, no, I love the course. I'm curious because so many courses have had this shut down with the weather. What's been your level of play? What have you been able to maintain Dylan out there? So right now, um, you know, initially we've been, we've been okay. We've been able to, uh, you know, after New Year's Eve, that storm, we we initially didn't have much on New Year's Day, but we were able to get going the next day after that and at least get people out on the golf course. Um, a lot of it, um, at one point, we had walking only because we were just, you know, with all that inundation of water, we, we just had to, there's a couple places where uh, some water builds that we got to pump out to be able to get people to pass through. Um, uh, but, I mean, we were cart path only the next next day, so um we're regarded um over over time as being one of the better places to come um during rainy season and, and yeah. that kind of stuff and you know the phone doesn't stop ringing you know for <laughs> us i mean it keeps going i mean we must have had you know and we got 50 60 calls a day just asking us hey how are the conditions out there yeah well i'm sure i mean with you know ansel being closed and so many tree damage at so many courses and you mentioned bing i know muhammad has probably had his hands really full with being Maloney and, and all the trees out there. Have you, did you have any tree loss at Bartley? So no, we just had a lot of, a couple of big branches. We did have one, um, which is really interesting uh, by the two T box, our T gold box uh, in the back there. It broke uh, more at almost at the base, not as you typically saw a lot of the uprooting of trees. This one didn't do that. It actually snapped. 
um, right near the base, which is kind of an interesting thing. I saw it kind of goes to tell how much, how bad the wind was yeah. out here. But that was really the only only tree loss we had out here. Um, a lot of more bigger branches and that kind of stuff from some of the uh, beef woods we have out here, but that's, not much else than that. That's fantastic. And of course, on a non-weather related thing, and this by far is the, the news story, but for me playing Bartley, as Frank knows, it's always intimidating for me, especially to start because I'm left-handed. So when I get the two, I feel like I'm going to club a car out on right. yeah. five. <laughs> Get the three hey, it's intimidating more, for all of us. Let me more, tell you, I stand up on that tee box as well. <laughs> more of the same on three. And then, of course, on four, I feel like I'm going OB just automatically with another yeah. slice job to the right hand or to the yeah. left hand side. Yeah, I hear you there. You know, four especially. You know, when I first got here back in 2001, you know, out there playing on that four tee box, I can't tell you how many times I was in 13th fairway. <laughs> it was forever. I couldn't get it. For some reason, I just couldn't close the cliff face on that hole. And no matter what, it was straight off past that tree line. But wow, a right turn. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. you. Know, uh, over the course of, of the years, uh, the uh, Bartley Cavanaugh has certainly matured uh, well. And um, I, I one of the things that I am most impressed with, Dylan, is the fact that you seem to be able to get people through there in, in a four hour round. You know, it's, it's, it's rarely more than four hours. And so the, the opportunity to come in and, and play a, a fun round and uh, keep it off the fairway, as Scott says, or the uh, freeway um, is, is I, I've always uh, been really, really impressed with that, the, the, your pace of play. Yeah, we've been able to, uh, you know, we instituted a, a pace play program about four or five years ago with all of our, you know, we got a, we got a pretty healthy uh, volunteer Marshall program out here that really helps us with that. And so um, we've been able to, uh, you know, coach those, um, you know, groups around the golf course, you know, when they tend to maybe get a hair off a of pace, um, whatever that is, we, 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 you know, at least get, you know, touch them and tell them what's going on, appreciate them all day long, and then just ask them to help us out to, to keep with that pace of play. And we've been pretty successful with that so much so that there's sometimes that it's, we actually have to tell the guys, okay, Hey, hey, hey you know, slow down. You're going too fast. <laughs> These poor guys over here are playing at a four hour pace, but you guys are at three and a half hours. You're killing us. How are we going to fix that? Right. You know? So, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, and I think the, the setup for it too helps, you know, I mean, we're just over 6,000 yards, even from the back tee. So I think some of that uh, helps with getting around the golf course in a, a in a good, timely manner. Yeah, and even though the island hole at 16 is only, what, 70, 75 yards, that's still one of the the uh, challenging holes in Sacramento. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a knee knocker no matter what. You could go around there, just think about that. You could be shooting even par all the way to get to 17, and next thing you know, you got a seven. Wow, now I'm shooting 78. This is terrible. No doubt. You feel like you're at sawgrass. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is, a, uh, it is a replica. Yeah. That was Perry Dye's uh, plan. If you look at it, it just didn't have the same yardage. But the green design, where the bunker is, and where he's got that hill, it's not as drastic, but it's um, it's very similar. Since the last time we talked, Dylan, you've you've made some incredible improvements in in your uh, in your grill area. Tell tell us about that. 
yeah so we um we made a decision um uh to kind of switch gears over there a little bit and uh you know with the whole craft beer um thing that was going on so we uh we went ahead and went and installed a, a 20 tower tap handles so i've been able to have uh um you know really good local uh feel of beers over here for uh that we've we've gone to uh through we went ahead and changed um we changed the name to the tap house at bartlett cavanaugh so far, um, we're still doing some uh, further improvements that we want to get done in there. So uh, we changed the bar top, made it a nice, nice, good live redwood bar top, which looks really nice, and and upgraded the uh, furniture um, and tables in there. Um, so uh, yeah, we got a couple. We got a few more things we want to do in there um, to really to really kind of bring it to home uh, all the way what we're looking for over there. Thanks, Dylan Flynn, uh, General Manager of uh, Bartley Cavanaugh Golf Course. Always a good time out there. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We have used all the time they've given us. Back with more next week. Please be sure to join us and play the game. It's fun.